Does your marriage need a little patching up? What's the quickest, easiest way to get things back on track? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. Today we are on Duff Gimmel, page three of Moet Cotton. And we learned that there's no quick, easy fix for marriage. There's no segula or good omen. Marriage takes strengthening, takes hard work, takes effort if you want a marriage to be truly enduring. Welcome to the Transformative Duff and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. Rav Yitzchak Zilberstein once mentioned to his father-in-law, Rav Yoshev, they had seen a significant increase in young couples coming to him for marriage counseling. Do you know what the best segula for Shalom Bayis is? Asked the aged rabbi to his son-in-law. It's the advice of Rabbi Hanina Sagana Kohanim. Sure enough, Rabbi Zilberstein discovers in the Yalkut Shimoni that Rabbi Hanina teaches that when listening to Birkas Kohanim, the daily priestly blessings, one should have in mind a prayer for peace in his home. From then on, Rabbi Zilberstein would go on to counsel young couples to have the pro- proper kavana during Birkas Kohanim. A few days after one of his counseling sessions, one young man returns to Rabbi Zilberstein and complains that nothing's changed. Well, at what point during Shachris do you normally arrive? asks the rabbi. Oh, I'm always there before you starbach, the man replies. Ah, oh, my dear fellow, the rabbi chides him. With such a lackadaisical attitude to prayer, do you really think the priestly blessing will be manifested? You need to start coming on time to recite Karbanas and Pesuket de Zimra. When afterwards you then have Kavana during Birkas Kohanim, then there will be peace in your home. And sure enough, from that day on, Rav Zilberstein would offer Rabbi Hanir's segula, and he would always make sure to mention that the formula for success included maintaining the right attitude to the early parts of davening. Indeed, many couples were blessed as a result with beautiful, enduring marriages. Let's take a look at today's Gemara. Your field you shall not sow, and your vineyard you shall not prune. I have derived from here an explicit prohibition only against sowing and pruning. From where do I derive that weeding, hoeing, and cutting weeds are also prohibited? The verse states, Your field you shall not sow, and your vineyard you shall not prune. This wording indicates that no labor may be performed in your field, and no labor may be performed in your vineyard. One might have thought that one may also not hoe under olive trees, and one may not hoe under grapevines, and one may not fill cracks in the ground with water, and one may not construct circular ditches around the bases of grapevines. Therefore, the verse states, Your field you shall not sow. Sowing was included. Why was sowing singled out? In order to compare other types of labor to it and say to you, just as sowing is unique in that in that it is labor performed both in the field and in the vineyard, so too any other labor performed both in the field and in the vineyard is prohibited. Is hoeing under olive trees in fact permitted during the sabbatical year? Isn't it written, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow? And it is taught with with regard to this verse, you shall let it rest from hoeing and lie fallow from clearing stones. Rav Bar Chama said, there are two types of hoeing one whose objective is to strengthen the trees, and another that is intended to seal cracks. To strengthen the tree is prohibited, but to seal cracks is permitted. Let's analyze this Kamara. It's forbidden to work the field during the Schmidt of the sabbatical year, but certain activities are allowed because they're light tasks that don't constitute work. And so when it comes to hoeing the area beneath an olive tree, Rav Ukba Barham distinguishes between two kinds of hoeing. 
One strengthens the tree and that's considered real work. The other activity simply stops up the cracks in the earth around the tree, which is more like placing a band-aid over a wound and is therefore okay. Let's return to our topic of Shalom bias. Our sages teach that just as we all have different faces, so too we all have different opinions. Therefore, conflict in marriage, as indeed in any relationship, is inevitable. Life would be quite dull if we all agreed on everything. In fact, if your spouse is agreeing with you on every matter in life, then you'd probably best start probing what's going on inside their head. Chances are they're not telling you how they're really feeling, and you don't want all their pent-up frustration to explode one day out of the blue, do you? So if conflict is inevitable, the question then becomes not how to avoid it, but how to deal with it. It's tempting to want to simply place a band-aid over an issue. It's easy when you can just patch up the cracks with a little sealant, because then everything's wonderful again. Maybe that entails buying a bunch of roses, or a little piece of jewellery, or taking your spouse out for the evening. Sure enough, they're smiling once more, and you can sweep the matter under the rug, all gone. But as Rav Ukva teaches, filling in the cracks is not considered work. Strengthening the tree, that's real work. And that's what we should be striving for in our marriages. Not quick fixes, but creating a deep and meaningful bond between husband and wife whose roots grow stronger as the tree of life grows taller. That was Rav Zilberstein's message to the young man, who thought that he could solve his problems with a magical segula, magical omen. It doesn't work like that. The 10-second solution isn't enduring. If you really want shalom bias, you're going to need to make that extra effort and be where you need to be when you need to be. A good relationship requires compromises and sacrifices. That's what we're reminded of each morning when we recite Karbonos, the section of the davening about all the sacrifices. A good relationship requires appreciation and admiration. We're reminded of that when we recite the Psuke de Zimra, the verses of praise. It would be wonderful if we could just wave a magic wand and life would be perfect. Like everything of value in life, a good marriage takes work. They tell the story of the fellow who comes to his rabbi and asks, Tell me, rabbi, is it true that folding up your talus on Matzah Shabbos is a segula for Shalom Bayis? The rabbi looks at the man and he says, I don't know about those esoteric matters, but what I can tell you is that folding up your sleeves on Matzah Shabbos and doing the dishes, that's definitely a segula for Shalom Bayis. Taking marriage seriously means committing to working on your marriage. Real work means always aiming to get to the root of an issue and strengthening the tree of your marriage by figuring things out together. May your marriage be strong and may the roots be deep in love till 120 together, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. 
The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.